The family of a local teenager says she never would have left home without calling. It's praying for the best. I want my daughter home, man. And if she can't come home, I just want to know where she's at. These posters around the towns of Livermore and Jay beg anyone with information to come forward. Posters that Richard puts up every spring, never losing hope. An arrest in a nearly four-decade-old cold case. Thanks to cutting-edge DNA technology, the arrest happening exactly 39 years to the day. When Parabon Nanolabs used that sample to create 3D models of the suspected killer's face. It's heartbreaking. We miss her, and we're going to find her. We're going to keep looking until we do. It's like a never-ending nightmare. It doesn't end. It keeps returning and coming back. What if I told you nearly 29% of women and 10% of men in the U.S. have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by a partner? What if I told you nearly 25% of women and 14% of men over the age of 18 have been the victim of severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime? What if I said nearly half of all women and men in the U.S. have experienced psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime? Now what if I told you there was an easy way to get the help you need in these situations? What if it was right at your fingertips at all times? Welcome back to Locating the Lost, Season 1, Episode 5. I'm Travis. I'm Jeff. And tonight we'll be doing things a little bit differently. We'll be speaking with Eliza Conley Lapine, the CEO and founder of Safehouse, and Carrie Bowman, the vice president of Safehouse. We'll let them explain what it is. So, mm-hmm. Carrie and Eliza, right? Yes. Yes. And then you're on with Travis and Jeff. So uh, I caught you guys on the uh, 207 the other night. Nice. Yeah, nice. very very good job. Thank you. Were you nervous at all? I was very nervous. Well, see, at least we don't have big cameras in your face tonight. So. Yeah, we're not nearly as professional as a, as a TV setup, so you don't have to be nothing to be nervous about here. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if you would um, introduce yourself, um, tell us your position, and then start describing the application itself and how you came up with the idea. Okay, my name is Eliza Conley Lapine and I decided to go to the University of Maine at Augusta um, and get a, finish my bachelor's degree in justice. And in September of, it was 2018, I ended up taking an advocacy class and my professor asked us to come up with a problem and then pretty much say how we were going to solve it. So I basically said um, I wanted to, you know, create an app and put all the agencies for domestic and sexual violence into one place. So that way it would be easy to navigate if you're in a crisis situation. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was I'm going to write a paper and I'm going to knock this out of the park. I (laughs) love to write. (laughs) I have been writing poetry since middle school. So writing is just a passion of mine and then I just I was like you know I probably should see if I can just do it so I went on to Google Play and I checked out app generator uh, app generators and I found one that wasn't really user-friendly and then I found the one that we're using today and I just you know one agency after another I was able to go in and very easily add them so I was like you know, let me just see if I can get this set up right. Can I get mm-hmm. this to look right? Can I get this to, to function, you know, as what I'm thinking? 
and then I can show kind of a prototype of, you know, what I would do oh, wow. um, to solve the problem. And then, <laughs> so my prototype ended up being, um, I actually didn't stop for three days and I had a hard time sleeping because I was still um, going through a lot of the, the family court stuff. And for most people that know family court, it's, it's difficult, mm. um, especially mm. if you are a survivor yeah. of violence. So you're the, the founder, the CEO, and apparently the designer as well. Yes. So then who else? <laughs> we have uh, Carrie on the line here too. Carrie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So uh, my name is Dr. Carrie Bowman. Um, I am a pharmacist. Um, I work primarily at the Northern New England Poison Center and I am a specialist in poison information. So one of the things we do there is we answer calls from home. You know, if your child gets into the Tylenol bottle and drinks half of it and you don't know what to do, you give us a call. Oh. So. <laughs> very, very useful hotline. She's a savior. Uh, yeah. Yes. So among other so. things. I may have talked to her, actually. You may have. <laughs> um, we run the states of Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. So I work there full time. And I've just always had a heart for helping other people, which is why I got into healthcare in the first place. Mm -hmm. I've been practicing for over 10 years. Um, and in 2017, I moved up here to Maine and um, started working for the Poison Center. Really love it up here. And, you know, I met Eliza through um, our kids' preschool, actually. Two of our kids went to school together last oh, wow. year. And that's when, yeah, that's when we met. And, um, it wasn't until after um, I separated from my husband in June and my own domestic violence journey really got started that we really became good friends. And so when I heard about what she was doing, I wanted to get involved. So can mm -hmm. Eliza, I guess, describe that. How did you, get, how did you uh, start talking to Carrie about this? Um, I... She came over really to, she found out that my daughter had gone through the babysitting, the CPR and first aid babysitting course. And so she wanted <laughs> to talk to me about um, <laughs> recruiting her for babysitting, but I had an alternative. Um, and, you know, I had another motive and it was to recruit her for Safe House. And we were sitting there at the table and it was just, it was funny. Um, you know, she's kind of, you know, all right, well, let me think about that. And we were talking about Safe House, and she said, so what is this app really? And so I started explaining the app, and she was telling me um, what she does at the Poison Control Center, and it was almost like I can't – I honestly want to delegate the credit to Carrie um, and say that she was like, you know, maybe the Poison Control Center could be on this app. And I was like, right. you know, just together we're like – there needs to be a button for children and it just kind of went from there. So I made adjustments to, um, in the back end to put a button for children. So specifically, um, having the poison control center at the top because, um, there's a hotline and I believe Carrie, you can kind of talk about how that hotline works. Yeah. So when you, when you call us, um, you get triage to a specialist. Um, we all have training specifically in how to handle poison information. Um, and we keep most of our, we keep the cases confidential. So we, I thought it would be great for women who are in crisis, maybe, you know, dealing with a difficult ex-husband or trying to leave their partner, not wanting to get in trouble, would have someone they could talk to mm -hmm. um, to get that information for their children without feeling like they were going to be necessarily reported immediately right. for calling. Well, wow, that's really cool. Just, yeah. 
I'm kind of surprised it's something like that hasn't come along before, honestly. Like consolidating, you know, crisis hotlines all in one, because you know there, there's a lot of different uh, avenues to approach when going for it. But it might be kind of hard to find when you really need it, right? Yeah, you don't have those resources right at the click of a button, and you know they should be. They should be. And they are now. And they are. Well. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really um, like a one a one stop shop for you know if you have a crisis situation. I, I believe there's what nine different options to choose from. Yes. Yes. So it's very easy to read, very easy to navigate. Just click on the thing that pertains to you, and then select what state you're in because you're national now, right? We're working on the national expansion. Absolutely. Yes. So I guess Eliza, um, this started out as something else, though, right? And then it kind of morphed into adding uh, Carrie's expertise into it. Now, what did it start out as? Um. Well. It did. It started off as a domestic violence and sexual violence app. I wanted to add the human trafficking piece into it because um, one of my friends from middle school was. I found out that she was murdered. Um, she was part of um, the murders that happened in Long Island, and I think it was um, 2011. Mm-hmm. And what was her name? Her name was Megan Waterman. So you grew up with Megan? We actually met at Happy Wheels in Scarborough. Everybody met at Happy Wheels, I think. I know, right? (laughs) I miss that place. Um, And occasionally we would go to the Portland location, but primarily we were at Scarborough. It was Mm -hmm. the closest. And I just, I remember the first, I remember the first day I met her. I still remember, you know, the way she would skate around and just the way she would glow and how bright she was. And um, she was one of those people that just, she didn't, she always had your back, you Mm -hmm. know, and she really taught me what true friendship was. And it meant a lot to me. Um, We didn't, we grew up in kind of a rough neighborhood and some girls were actually setting setting to have me get jumped one day at the at the playground really close to our house and Megan called me and I'll never forget it she called me and she was like whatever you do don't go down the playground today don't go and she used to be the one to get in trouble I was always like the good girl everybody knew that I'm like don't smoke and you know like <laughs> But they still hung out with me, so I wasn't the fun one because I was, like, trying not to get in trouble. And um, so she was, like, she saw me as this, like, princess that she had to save. And (laughs) she taught me to be confident. She taught me to be um, proud of who I was and have – she helped me with the, like, self-esteem. Like, she's just, like, very encouraging. And, like, just the way she held herself, like, being around Megan, like, you want to be around her. So at this time, she's calling me, and I'm, like, thinking this is payback. For all the times that she's like got me worked up because she's doing something that she shouldn't be, <laughs> and I was like, "Guess what? I'm going down to the playground." She's like, "No, you can't go. You can't go. No, they're gonna beat you up." And I just hung up on her. And so I called the girls that had been calling. They called me like 32 times. I went oh. down to the playground. Yeah, I went down, and she was right. They were gonna have me jumped, and it was like David and Goliath. I just stood in front of her, and I was. I put my arms out wide open, and I said, "If you're gonna do it, here I am." And she was like, she was a lot bigger than me, 
and she wanted me to hit her first and I wasn't going to do that and I just stood right in front of her. She had two friends on either side of her and all three of them, they were, they were ready to fight me and I'm just not, that wasn't an interest of mine. And she just looked at me and she's like, you're not worth my time or something to that effect. Mm. <laughs> and the, and I looked over at my two friends and the two that had called me to go down there and I said, I thought we were friends. And then I walked away and when that, when I was out of sight, um, I ran all the way home and I got on the <laughs> phone with Megan and she was like, oh my God, oh my God, what happened? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, they're not going to bother me anymore. <laughs> Good for you. And so, but it, at, the truth of that was... I felt confident because I knew Megan had had my back and that walking down there actually had a notification. Like I had someone tell me that that was what was going to happen. So I felt confident going down there. I wasn't worried. I was prepared. And I honestly, like that's the Megan that I remember. That's awesome. So hearing you tell (laughs) that story, um, I think about like bullying in schools and maybe a, a potential opportunity for you guys, maybe creating the app, set up for children too to report things and mm-hmm. and have bullying um, places to go to, to learn about bullying and, and how to handle the situations. So if you go under the suicide button, there's actually one of the first things listed on the app is, um, I think it's called bullying prevention, something like that. So it's oh, okay. one of the first options on there. And then for the rest of the button, it's basically suicide prevention because what's going on middle school high school there's bullying there's a lot of emotions a lot of hormones everything's changing and um, a lot of that from what i've heard and gathered and seen um, can and sometimes does lead to suicide so oh absolutely yeah it's definitely not helping things especially with the the spread of social media as large as it's gotten it's some people don't think they can even get away from it right because they have their social media in their pocket all day long, so right. So it's really hard for a lot of people to get away from that sort of stuff. Yeah, especially today's Absolutely. day and age. Mm-hmm. So, um, with Megan's case, they found her, right? And they did. Did they ever catch who may have uh, harmed her? Um, honestly, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't know the specifics of her case, and I can't really um, comment too much on it because it, it's been really hard for me and I haven't agreed to really talk about it and I haven't talked about it since I read her the book that came out and um, it was, it's just been hard mm-hmm. um, because, you know, it's just someone, someone that I, I really tr- like truly held dearly right. um, and close to my heart even though we did go separate ways. Um, we went to different schools and then... Um, I moved to Saco and she was in Portland. So it was just, um, I stopped going roller skating and she stopped going. So it was just like one of those things that kind of grew up and grew apart. Um, but you know, the other piece of safe house is really, we have a candle visual on our website. So our website is your safer org, And the reason it's called that is because everybody wants a safer place and that's truly our goal. And mm-hmm. part of that is, um, you know, part of my passion in Safe House is the fact that I've witnessed um, so many girls that have been kind of close in proximity to me in school um, be murdered or 
um, have lost their lives. I went to school with Trista Reynolds, um, so, you know, it breaks my heart for her. I've, I used to hang out with Trista. We lived in the same area. Um, I used to dance with Ashley Ouellette's sister. Um, <clears throat> I, went, I went to school with Darian's sister, Serena. Um, so these stories, um, actually, and I'm like trying not to cry right now. So you yeah. might hear my voice tremble a little no, bit, yeah, actually. That's fine. fine. We understand. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so the story is that we're witnessing these things happen all around. And I mean, like it's within an arm's reach. And at some point you look and, you know, the families are talking about it, but no one else does. And no one wants to because it's difficult. It's hard and no one can change it. And mm-hmm. I think. I was taking a justice course um, this last January, and I, I read this amazing book, and it was talking about um, murders right on the street and how kids felt when they were in class and how it impacted their education and how the community needed a memorial. And my professor died um, actually during that semester. He was one of my favorite professors because we were reading really hard stuff and he always put comics in it, you know, and he always made it light. And it was like right at the point where I was like, I don't think I can handle another case. He would put a joke in there and I was like, thank God, you know. <laughs> um, so it was like, it was definitely, he broke it up. He made it easy and digestible. But this this book said, um, well, sorry, let me pause. Um, when he passed away, they I went to the website and I wanted to to give and I I kind of was hes- hesitant to because I was a student I didn't know if that would be weird or not so I I didn't but they had a candle visual and all of a sudden it was like all that stuff just clicked in me and I was like this needs to be a part of safe house and I need to put a candle for all these girls so that way I can memorialize them and so that way the community can can see that there is even if there isn't justice in every case because a lot of these even as close as they are to home are still considered cold right and so I'm passionate about um, the online vigil and I want to get more candles on there and I'm working with a candle company to make candles to memorialize um, people that are subjected to violence Um, so that way we can kind of have some healing within our community that's that's really amazing of you to do that you know take take this project on on your own and, and try to help these families is just incredible. That's why I reached out to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Carrie, what was your reaction when Eliza first told you about this uh, application? I, I was, yeah, I was very excited. Um, I was in the middle of the whole legal process still am. Um, and I was like, wow, that would have been really great for me to have like a couple months ago. And I became pretty determined that I wanted to help her get that into as many hands as possible to try to help other people get to a safe place sooner. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you, I mean, and I know you you touched on your uh, domestic violence situation. So I guess for Jeff and I, obviously we're two males. um, So we've never lived life um, as a female. (laughs) Okay, so I guess what I'm saying is (laughs) it's pretty awesome to see the two of you helping women feel empowered, uh, find safety, uh, and have the opportunity to reach out and talk to those that they need to talk to to, to uh, help them, I guess. And we actually have, um, there are nine board of directors that have that are on our board, 
um, that have similar stories and yes. it's their um, their thriving story and what their piece is, their mission and safe house is a little bit different. Everybody's piece is a little bit different. The projects that they're working on is a little bit different. And I'm really like when I was sitting down with the app, I really didn't imagine where I would be right now and where it's going and just seeing us all come together. It's so empowering. It's so inspiring. And it's so exciting that um, I just want to keep on going. I feel oh. like Terry, I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but you're, you see what the board is doing, so what do you think? I mean, I am just really excited about all of the opportunities that are opening up now that the interview's gone live and that we're getting some attention. I think mm -hmm. domestic violence is one of those issues that still just makes people very uncomfortable, and mm -hmm. they don't realize how prevalent it really is. Um, and I remember, after, you know, I, I, if you had asked me a year ago, I wouldn't have told you that I was in a domestic violence situation. I would have told you that I loved someone who was very troubled mm -hmm. and I didn't understand right. what was going on. Yeah. So, Jeez. you know, I, I just feel, I, I don't feel any shame about being in that relationship. And I think a lot of women who, even once they escape, they feel ashamed that they were able to be manipulated and controlled like that and they don't want to talk about it. But the more I have talked to people, the more I've realized that it truly is one in three women who have had some kind of experience. And once wow. you tell someone about yours, I, I can't tell you how many people that I had no idea had had this experience all of a sudden were sharing their story with me. Wow. Yep. Jeez. Yep. And, and well, that's the thing too, right? There's no one, to, there's no reason for anyone to feel ashamed for that because, you know, it's easy. We're, we're humans. It's easy to manipulate a human in, into thinking stuff that's that's not true. You know, that maybe some people think they might deserve it, or you know, I, I know there's a lot of. Uh, I guess I don't know really what to say about it, but you know, well, I, I it happens I a lot. Yeah, I, I guess what I would say is a lot of people think that it's just physical. In my case, there wasn't any physical at all. It was emotional. It was mm -hmm. financial. It was putting fists through walls and taking sledgehammers to walls and wow. just other levels of intimidation and terrorism. So I know that I don't present as what people think a typical domestic violence abuser looks like. So mm -hmm. I'm just determined to get out there and to just help as many other women as I can get out before it's too late. And that's the thing. Right. It can happen to anyone. Yeah. It really can. Yeah. So you said there's nine people on your board. Is is yeah. that the entire company or is there other people that do things for you as well? We have a group of volunteers that are working on content gathering right now um, for the national expansion as well. So this app is because I'm not going to lie, I don't really know a whole lot about uh, really any of it at this point. Um, it sounds awesome. Is it? But is it is it live right now if people wanted to it download is. it? Awesome. It is. Okay. Yeah, safehousenational.org. Safehousenational.org. Fantastic. And that's for uh, Apple and Android? Apple and Android, and we are not on Google Play or iTunes for consumer privacy. Okay. However, our goal and our mission is to make this a free app for anyone. Um, the long-term goal for me, um, one something that I'm passionate about, is making this mandatory a mandatory download for phones and making oh, it wow. as <clears throat> making it as um, 
you know, deemed as useful as a calculator, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get, if you can get a phone that that has a mandatory mm-hmm. NFL app or a Facebook app, why not a crisis app? Honestly, that seems like right. a much more sensible idea. Right. I I think it's awesome. You know. No, I, really. I played around with it the other day a little bit while I was watching you on uh, 207, and it's <laughs> it's pretty easy to use. You're not hunting Google looking for. You know, not only are you not hunting Google trying to figure out where something is, but you're trying to figure out what it's named and, and what are you typing in that search bar. It's all right there. It's all a couple of buttons right. and you're where you need to be. So I commend you guys for that. Great job. Thank you. And Thank you. we had, um, we actually hit 2003 downloads. We had 1600 before 207. Oh, oh wow. fantastic. So that helped you a lot. And yeah, and we have. I haven't done a whole lot of um, publications, so we're just starting to get. Now that we're have the board together, and we're working on expanding it nationally, I'm working on finishing a grant with MTI, and just continuously working on this on um, our goals and achieving them all. Well, I know that um, our page got you one download. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> and, and anytime you guys have updates too, just let us know, and we'll we'll put it out there as well to let people know um, any of that sort of information. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think what you guys are doing um, represent represents what we're trying to do as well, as far as getting the the word out there and trying to provide um, information to people that might need it. So if we can help you, definitely let us know. I agree. Um, you know, same goes for you guys. And if anyone out there has lost someone to domestic violence or any type of violence, please feel free to email us at safehousemaine at gmail.com and we will put a candle up. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So can you go ahead and tell us your .org page as well as the app download page as well again? Yes. So our website is yoursaferplace.org and that just has all of our information about us and our website and it has the online visual it starts with Maine but it's not limited to Maine we really want to expand that visual to be a national visual and our app you can find at safehousenational.org Awesome Do you guys have anything else you want to um, I guess communicate? Um the one thing that I will add is we also are running a Facebook page for Safe House Spain, and yes. the board of directors, uh, this is a more positive note, the board of directors um, puts positive content on there, things that inspire us on a pretty much daily basis. So, um, The other thing that um, I really want to say is that if you're in a domestic violence situation, one thing that, um, or when I was in a domestic violence situation, what I realized is that I ended up loving this person more than I loved myself. And it really, that's, that's really hard to understand. Like, how can you love someone that you would sacrifice yourself to make them happy? And it didn't matter what I try. I mean, I tried to do everything and I felt like it was never enough. And when it got so bad that I couldn't, I actually couldn't cover up. Um, he had a pit bull maul me. Oh I couldn't gosh. cover it up. And we were getting ready to go to a Christmas party and this dress saved my life because in that moment I thought about wearing that dress and I was, I realized I'm not going to be able to hide this. And I realized what I was saying to myself, I've always been a feminist. I've always spoke an empowerment and inspiration. And I realized 
I'm doing it. How did I get here? And backtracking, I had to analyze my psychology and see what I was doing and how I was broken down. And part of that was I needed to love myself and I needed to see that I was worthy enough and that his perspective of me wasn't correct and that I didn't need to associate with someone with such a negative perspective of me. And being around people that actually love me, that actually feed positivity, um, those are the people that I need to have around me. And so our slogan is, love you because we do. Mm -hmm. You're Mm. enough. That's nice. That's Yeah, that's really good. If if you guys have any other ideas as far as posters or whatever, you can shoot them out to me and I can do more for you. Anything we can do to help. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, ladies, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight, and we wish you the yes, best of luck. Yes, thank you very, very much. Thank you both. Have a wonderful yes, night. thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah. Bye-bye. Take care. You Bye-bye. We here at Looking the Lost would like to remind everyone, if you see something, say something. It's up to us to protect each other. Thanks for listening. Five-year-old Taylor, Taylor Williams led investigators to Alabama this week. So we have some breaking news from Florida. An arrest has been made. Tonight, after years of agony, a glimmer of hope for the family. Investigators spent hours searching through this house off Pennsylvania Avenue. What could be a major development in the search for missing Alabama teenager. Tonight, a stunning twist in the search for Taylor. Somebody out there knows something. They want to lay him to rest their way, not by somebody else's way.